from Bravery Media and live this week from High Ed Web 2022 in Little Rock, Arkansas. This is Thought Feeder. My name is Joel Goodman. With me, as always, is the unsinkable John Stephen Stansel. <laughs> I cannot be sunk. He can't. I refuse to be. A few people tried, but, you know, it's, uh, it's like the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. yeah. We're recording this in October, so I'm it's entirely appropriate. <laughs> So uh, we may have people filtering through to ask questions. We may not. We don't know what's going to happen, but we are uh, recording this episode live from Hi Ed Web in a conference room in the Little Rock Convention Center. Woo! And uh, there's a very nice little bit of room reverb in here. Yeah, that, uh, last time I was here, uh, um, the, the celebrity of choice was Tom Arnold at the Little Rock Comic Con here in the Little Rock Convention Center. Did you give him a beer? No, um... Yeah, no. I, 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 <laughs> did you meet? Did you shoot? No, no, no. The line was very short, but I I, <laughs> I was chasing after my son, so I did not have time to, to meet Tom Arnold. Yeah, he didn't want to he didn't want to meet the five year old kid who wasn't interested he in Tom did Arnold. Did not have any interest in Tom Arnold. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Uh, so for this episode, uh, we want to do a mailbag, uh, depending on if anyone comes in to ask questions while we're recording this, we will talk to them. But, uh, if no one does, we, uh, will just, I guess, recap Hyatt web so far or something. We will make our own. And some of them are, are, are quite insightful. So we'll start with one, a, a listener ask, what is our favorite, most helpful metric to track? So I'm not going to take this from a social media perspective because that's not what I do. Right. Um, And I don't know if I have a favorite metric. I I like doing conversion rate optimization. I like tracking conversion rates. And so along those lines, you don't have to say like a conversion is just, oh, someone applies or, oh, someone becomes an actual student. You can set that to uh, an inquiry or you can set that you know, conversion metric to something that you is attainable and something that actually has uh, value in the process of what you're doing. And a conversion isn't just one thing that, you know, it can be multiple things. So I like to, I like to look at that, but I think in, you know, kind of more simplistic terms, I don't know, like I love it when people share their news stories from a website. And I'm <laughs> I like, I like vanity metrics because I'm vain. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just want to see those numbers go higher and higher. Um, that's just my favorite thing ever. Uh, but <laughs> in all seriousness, it's always a cop-out answer, but like it's just it depends on what your goals are, right? So, you know, if in, you know the metrics that you need to track for an admissions office who's, you know, you're trying to get applications or sure. is going to be very different than the main account or an account selling, not even in higher ed selling widgets, where you can be very quantifiable and say, like, I, I got conversions based on, you know, people click this and bought whatever doodad. Um, so it really varies. Uh, you know, I think at the bottom line, though, it's like, more than anything is engagements. And we'll talk more about this later, I'm sure, and as we talk about the conference, but like what Liz Gross was saying in her uh, presentation about, you know, all of the magic that happens in replies. And, you know, if, if we are engaging with our followers and we get that engagement, those engagement numbers higher with not so much just higher, but like of a higher quality engagement, like genuine engagement, not just like not a not, not, a not like, like or a retweet, yeah, or like. just like replying with a heart emoji. Right. You know, it, there there there's some sort of genuine connection being made between brand and 
consumer, um, I, I think that's really where, where it is. And it's hard to measure. It really is. I mean, you apply that to like a website and it's like, oh, well, all they're doing is engaging with the website. But but are they? You also ask, what are your favorite trending content formats? Um, <laughs> I have so many. Like you were talking about. Just B-reels, yeah, that's what it is. B-reels? <laughs> or are we talking about like content formats as like as content channels or are we talk, talking like meme codex. formats like, you know like audio like, codex like, there's so many different i mean we're we talking gifs are we talking but yeah you know for me I, I i'm just gonna go go and say gifs i love gifs and there's a lot of talk right now there have been articles written like is is the gif dying um are our gifs are cringe because gen z doesn't use gifs and apparently gen z is the only generation we're supposed to care about marketing to now like so whatever yeah. and i i just i don't think that's where we are yet like i think gifs have are an incredible value add for brands they're easy to make kevin just made one of us <laughs> in like five minutes so you can repurpose content. They get incredible. The numbers that you get from a Giphy account are just off the charts huge. Yeah. So who cares if Gen Z isn't using them? Like millennials, Gen X, and boomers are still doing it, and they have their money spends just as easily. And there's more of them. Yeah. Combined. <laughs> and I'm sure gen everything comes around. Because I remember like, you know, gifts were kind of cringe for millennials about 10 years ago. It was like, oh, yeah, those ant things that were on Web 1.0, yeah. you put that little under construction gif. And I was just this, like, I don't. spinning uh, yeah. envelope or whatever. And, and now it's a whole other format. So though, everything comes around. I, uh, I've been I've been really uh, I've been really taken by all the, the AI generated uh, imagery. And now, like, we're moving into AI generated video, which is really interesting to me. I don't know. If it's my favorite. It's just the thing that I'm most captivated by right now. Um, as well, you know, I've been trying to generate some like backgrounds for video stuff I'm doing and things like that and get some cool results and some really interesting things. But I'm thinking about I had this thought a couple weeks ago about like, you know, we're, we got a high red client and we need a bunch of imagery for their site and they don't have it. And so why don't we just like AI generate a bunch of photos for the website? And I kind of don't know because you don't have to get photo releases. Mm -hmm. Like they're not real people, but they look like real people because it's an amalgamation of whatever. And then, you know, placing them in a space is actually pretty easy. You can just use photos of campus that exist. Wait, and wait, wait a second. These aren't real people. I thought we were supposed to be real. <laughs> it's fascinating. And like the, yeah, the leaps and bounds that are happening in, in that whole tech, like the video stuff that's happening now is really interesting. Or even, I mean, like you can look at, that's been going, like it's been going on for a while. Like I've seen demos in like, uh, like professional filming settings where they'll like film a certain section of a backdrop and then they'll just let AI like fill in the rest of it. Um, Here, here's my question about it. And I, I haven't really dealt much with the AI generated art or video, but I, I did an experiment not too long ago where um, I, I used an AI auto generated text yeah. tool. And cause all, all the, the, TikTok social media folks are like, yeah, you got to use copy AI. And I wanted to see, see what it was about. And at the end of the day, it, it's impressive what it can do. But the copy that you get, your results are 
only as good as what you input into the AI. Yeah. So there's still got to be some sort of human creativity and skill to generate the result that you want. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you know, for what I found with, with like the copy AI, it was really good. But, okay, the experiment I had was like writing captions for photos. So I had to basically kind of like do the alt text and describe the photo and like what copy things. And it was actually a lot of work to like writing out a good description that would give me the result I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of people that are like kind of threatened and naturally like yeah. by, by AI entering the realm of art and creation and creativity. Oh, totally. But I think it's going to come down to like, it's just another, it's like when, 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 when photography started, like, oh, yeah. is this gonna, how's this gonna replace painters? And like, oh, there's still room for that, so. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting thing to think about because you, I think like on the one hand, like I'm very, very much, well, with our discussion about Canva, I'm very much against like the democratizing of design, so to speak, which I don't really feel like what they do. It's not, the, it. no, it homogenizes it. Yeah, it's the homogenizing. I gotta get my jab in. of it, yeah. Um, and I think what's, what's different with this is that like, it's, it's a real skill to do proper 3d modeling you can't like i mean the photorealism type of stuff that can come out of ai generated imagery is astounding and most of the human input is the millions and millions of people that have been training this ai over you know with their own prompts and with their changes to it and their tweaks and all that kind of stuff um and then from there you end up yeah having to write a good prompt and that's where the work comes but like there's no way you'd like with text like you could have written that right it's right. like it's supposed to save you some time and like that sort of thing like when it comes down to the imagery type of stuff or the video stuff it's the stuff you're just you're never going to be able to make on your own and so like being able to have a program that generates something that was just like an idea in your head is wild like I mean, it's just it's pretty astounding but it, but you know, to your point, I mean, there's there's all kinds of ethical issues that that come up around that, um, or at least questions that come up around that that I think society has to grapple with a little bit more and try to figure out what to what to do. And I think I think that's new tech that's really going to force that conversation uh, into the mainstream. It's a conversation that's been happening in academic circles for decades, um, even just since like Photoshop editing came around. You know, that or even before that, this is the precursors to digital manipulation, but. This is like fully, you know, it's, it's like all the deep fake type of conversation that mm -hmm. happened a few years ago. Our next question, and this is this is a hot one that we're going to have some hot takes on. Do you eat cake with a spoon or a fork? Nick, thanks for your question. I didn't even know this was a question. Like, uh, like this was a there was a debate around this. But because, I mean, fork, why would you eat cake yeah, with fork. anything else? Definitely a fork. But after we received this question... My wife brought me a piece of cake with a spoon. And this is blew my mind. It's never happened before. JS, if you think back, like how often have you unknowingly eaten cake with a spoon because you just weren't paying attention? No, I would and pay your attention. wife I would you. notice that. <laughs> and you know what? It worked fine. No, it works. It did yeah. it did the job. It did the trick. Oh, I'm, I'm good either way. As yeah. long as the cake is good. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the hard one. And now let's take some questions from the audience. Yes. Hi. Hi, sir. What's your question? Hi. Thank you all so much for doing this. I was wondering if if you could share some of the insights or maybe your biggest takeaway from the conference so far. And then second question: If you could, 
with the snap of your fingers like Thanos, get rid of one social media platform, which one would you pick and why? Thank you. I don't know what my biggest takeaway is yet, except I, I feel like I'm supposed to be on Be Real. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but your brand doesn't have to be. It seems like something that a brand shouldn't be on because like there's I mean, it's very hard to find an authentic brand that would make sense on a platform like that. Yeah, I, I think it requires some creativity and some workarounds and kind of defeating the true spirit of the app. But uh, that that's a whole other question. Uh, this person has kindly asked, come up and ask the question in person. We should do it directly. Uh, if I could snap my fingers in Thanos style and make any social platform disappear um i mean who wouldn't say facebook at this point like it's and and i i really enjoyed andrew castle's uh presentation on that of like why he made a case for universities not being on facebook or instagram or anything meta owned um based on the standpoint of a lot of the negativity and, and bad things that 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 company does um i've personally i guess this says something about me morally where i'm like i've just accepted the fact all social platforms are (laughs) uh, evil in some sort of way yep um but uh, you know they also pay my mortgage uh well i mean it's you know you gotta reconcile that these are all corporate owned money making entities that are not there to serve the social good they're there to make money off of exactly and 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 we, we don't want to discount the good that they can do sure like there's a lot of uh we, we s- dwell on the negative stories and there are many and they're they are they are big but we don't think about and, and promote as often the positives that come out the connections that people make the 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 groups where people do find uh you know marginalized groups find acceptance and yeah. find you know um, like-minded people, um, fandoms that, you know, can connect in different ways and, and friendships that are forged. But yeah, Facebook right now is just a cesspool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a lot of good is coming out of that one. I, I would definitely get rid of Facebook. My biggest takeaway from the conference, I would say I really enjoyed Liz Gross's presentation. Same. And I, I feel like my presentation was just like what Liz said. Uh, ditto with that. And, but she made a, a statement about brand, uh, universities using memes. And as somebody who frequently has used memes in the past on, and on other accounts pretty much used them constantly, not university accounts, but um, where it was a little bit more fitting, I kind of agree because I feel like universities in general, uh, maybe not the the main account, but we see it all the time from from smaller accounts, uh, departmental accounts, using the latest trending meme form, not because it fits the brand or has any sort of purpose, but it's almost like we either need content that day, we don't want to miss out, um, you know, oh, this is, this is easy, we'll just slap the, yeah. uh, Photoshop the mascot in, yeah. or Photoshop Bernie Sanders on a park bench on campus. And it doesn't really do anything for anybody. Like, yeah, maybe a couple people go, aha, that's funny, but it doesn't really move your bottom line. My feeling on it is in order for a university to post a meme, 
it has to be so good you cannot not post it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if it's not a home run, don't do it. Um, yeah. yeah, just just putting the the meme in your school colors isn't isn't enough anymore. Uh, it used to be like you know maybe five or ten years ago, like oh okay they used a meme that isn't that novel that this university is doing that, and that's just not yeah a thing anymore. Yep. The I think my my real not really a takeaway, but it was something also that Liz said that just kind of like clicked in my head and I thought was so good. Um, there I was a question from the audience, I think, and they're asking like, Oh, how do, how do I sell this, you know, this approach to engagement, uh, to people that just want to see content posted sort of a thing. Um, and she just, she said one come with data and own your expertise. Like don't, ask approval to do the things just own that expertise that you have and i think you know we've talked about and i think talked about that in a lot of different ways but i think how she stated that so succinctly uh was was so good uh and and it really is that it's it's that you know i I tell people a lot of times you know i've i've been moderately successful in the business i run and in the dealings that i have with people because I try to be confident whenever I go into something. Like even if I'm not confident, I at least try to seem confident. Is it like fake it till you make it? Or if you act enthusiastic, then you'll be enthusiastic, like my mom used to say. Um, but it's that you know, it's that thing. Like own the expertise that you have and go that direction. Yeah, and that, that comes down to it. I think we a lot of times in higher ed, we're like we don't embrace that expertise. We think, yeah. oh, okay, well, I'm just the social media manager. I have to kind of earn this and whatnot. But like at the end of the day, like you were hired to be the expert. You right. are the expert. Right. So you've got to do it. Oh, oh, another question from the audience. So if you use higher ed web as a data gathering system, what would you say the temperature of the field is like right now. Do you think things are going well? Do you think things are going poorly? What's your vibe? And second question from a friend, why not be on Be Real? I will measure the vibe and say, um, man, so many people have, are are moving to other fields, me being one of them. Um, a lot of other people are like looking, you know, what was the, the, who, who did the, the study we talked about recently, like, like half of university yeah, the, marketing the people are, yeah. uh, considering leaving within the next year. So I, I, I think, you know, higher, I, we've, we've talked about this before, whether or not we're, we're gauging the, the attitude at high ed web or not, like higher ed needs to, is, is got a crisis that they are facing with yeah. staffing. Uh, and if they do not address it, um, it's, well, I guess it's a good thing AI generated mm-hmm. <laughs> um, visuals and video are going to become a thing because uh, um, your 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 creative team and your marketing team is going to move on to other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, I wonder if it's. I mean, I think I think at this conference in particular, like the the overall mood has been good, but I I do wonder how much of that is because it's back in person for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of like a reunion, you know, sort of thing. Um, I, and I think like, you know, numbers this year, at least live turnouts is, is smaller than it has been. Probably still some COVID stuff. I know there's other issues with uh, the, with uh, schools being able to spend money in the state of Arkansas mm-hmm. and something like this. Um, 
And so like, you know, I, it's hard to, I think prop like really accurately gauge some of those, those issues. But I think, you know, there, I, I hope it's not just people like holding it together and being like, okay, it's pretty good. We're going okay. I hope there's actually still some excitement in it, but I, I think you're right. There's, a lot of people here like have, you know, talked about changing roles. I mean, even a lot of the speakers are people that applied before they were now at the agency job that they're at mm -hmm. or, you know, or whatever else. It's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of transition happening. And I think there's, you know, there's, there's a, Andrew Castle said it in his, in his talk that given in a different context, but like if higher ed doesn't change it's gonna die like it has the, the industry has to adapt and everyone knows that and the question is is it happening or is it going to happen like, like and, and when and how and um and that that's the thing that i think is a little bit scarier all right now the real question be real or be fake <laughs> um like so i i i have not started a be real account i've thought about it before um but I also was like, I don't really, I feel like mo most of what I post on Instagram is actually fairly, fairly real. Like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm really dressing up most of this. Well, stuff the I real post. question is, you know, be, be real for brands. And no. I, my, I say wait for a couple of reasons. One, I really do not think be real is enough to sustain itself as a social media platform. It is a feature, not an, an app. And Instagram and TikTok are already trying to clone it as a feature. So just like, uh, you know, stories on Instagram killed Snapchat for the most part, you'll see that with Be Real. Two, for brands, like you can't control when that prompt to Be Real happens. So like you can't really, and you're not really supposed to plan content, but like who wants to see the social media manager's desk at, you know, yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon? So in order for brands to do it, you have to kind of do the, you can't be real. You've got to be a little fake, right? Yeah. You've got yeah. to kind of be like, okay, well, when the prompt comes, I've got the, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to take this picture. Um, and of course it's going to be a photo of you too, because it's the selfie of whoever takes yeah. it. So we've got to have a face or something with, with that. Um, you can post late, but that's really not the spirit of the app. Um, you can do takeovers and give it to like a student or a faculty member. But again, like, you don't know when that prompt's going to come. Do you really yeah. care what, you know, the, you know, your university president is doing at 11 o'clock? Probably sleeping. So <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't, and there's, there's a, the argument can be made, well, it doesn't take a lot of, of prep or work to get started, but you've got to promote it. You've got to tell students that it, it's there. Yeah. You've got to organize and explain and handhold the the university president if you're going to do a takeover. Yeah. So it's going to take time away from other platforms that you could be spending more time on and working on, um, and not giving you that much of a yield. So what if it was only someone dressed up in the mascot costume? But again, like it, that person would have to carry the mascot costume around <laughs> with them twenty four seven. They'd have to wear them. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a new full time role that would have to. be. Yeah, the your be real influencer. Yeah, which I just I and that's the whole and that's antithetical to what be real is supposed to be. So, yeah. um, I I just don't I my my verdict is wait and see. Yeah. On it, there's no you're not going to get extra 
no, no one's going to enroll in your school because you were the first ones on Be Real. Like they're not going to be like, well, University A has a Be Real, University B doesn't. Yeah. I'm going to go with these guys. The thing that makes me think about is for I don't know we we we've seen this with every platform every new platform that's you know that's come up in the last ten years there's always this pushback of well the kids don't want to see our brands on there and then a brand gets on there and then eventually it just becomes mm-hmm. well it becomes an advertising platform yeah. because that's what all these things are they just ultimately are going to be advertising platforms exactly and be real feels like like you were saying the or what it's supposed to be feels like something that is distinctly against that and doesn't and even like is structured so that I, I could imagine that the creators were sitting around in a room or like we should have, we gotta make it so that we can't so brands can't be on here mm-hmm. and can't be doing this stuff you know and like how do we limit that set and it's okay not to be everywhere like it's fine yeah. it's like don't feel the like if you want to try it great like i'm not gonna say like you shouldn't do it like you can't i just love but, the like, irony of being yeah. told when to be real yeah like with an, with an alert like <laughs> well we are running up on four o'clock at our time a lot of time so should we wrap up yeah thanks to our listeners thank you for thank- those who came to ask questions <laughs> thank you hyatt web yeah, thank-, thank you for city of little rock thank you nick persick on, uh, on on the old on the old twitter machine for asking us some questions beforehand Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Feeder podcast. Uh, if you'd like to rate or review us, we would appreciate it because that gives us better rankings in all kinds of things. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google, on uh, Amazon, on uh, wherever you want to get a podcast. You can find us with the podcast. Please, please share with your friends if you think it's great. It helps us get the word out live once again from Little Rock and in person for the first JS we haven't recorded this in person this no first we have time not ever. So yeah. this was nice uh, great to see you in, in, in the flesh after several years um, and uh, yeah thanks y'all for listening <laughs>